Hey everyone, and welcome to episode number 27 of Off The Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you all very much for joining us today, wherever you're downloading us from. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. Now, this massive Friday continues here on the podcast as we chat with age group and Knox Pimble star and a man who is heading over to the US to get amongst the college system, New South Wales' own Tyson Upton. Had a chat with Tyson around about a month ago over Zoom and discussed training during the pandemic, the amazing team culture at Knox and how much his coach has helped him through his career so far, how much he's loved being a part of the state teams, as well as his big decision to head over to the US and get amongst that college system. So if you haven't already, grab a drink because, hey, it's still the weekend, so why not? And yes, kids, it is still cordial. And get ready because EP27 with Tyson Upton starts... Now. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a metre on Vandenhoek's hand. But the sinister of all eyes is the great Phantom Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. He's coming back. Oh, he's surely can't do it to him again. Chavis in the white hats. Dots in the black hats. And Dots has got it. I cannot believe he's done that. Dots in front. Dots in the hall. Dots goes in. Australia win. Joining me today on the show is one of Australia and New South Wales swimming's brightest young stars. Last year at the National Age Championships, he finaled in the 50, the 100 and the 200. He was also a part of the New South Wales uh, gold-winning medal four by 100-metre freestyle relay team from last year's state teams. It's a very big welcome to Off the Block Swimming Podcast to Mr. Tyson Upton. Tyson, how you going, mate? Not too bad yourself. Thank you so much for having me on. Not a trouble at all, mate. Not a trouble at all. Now, listen, I, I know we've got to be quick today because you, you've got a driving lesson coming up. How have you been going on the roads? Do you feel confident? I feel very confident. Like, mum thinks I'm not the greatest driver, but I beg to differ. So I'm hoping that the uh, the driving instructor today um, is as confident as you are, though. Yeah, well, I think he is because I, I, I found out this the other day that he actually drives a black Merc. Wow. So I've got to be very careful. I don't <laughs> think it's term. Oh, I think, I don't know. I think it's mixed emotions. He knows I'm going to be worrying, but... <laughs> Again, there's that risk of crashing his mark. Ah, mate, I think you'll be good as gold. Good as gold. Now, school holidays are on at the moment, but, um, you know, given the time we've had out of the pool with coronavirus, have you spent most of this week still in the pool? Yeah. We'll see. We've been actually back into proper training for the past three weeks. So it's been good. So, like, obviously, like, the whole COVID was pretty full on, not being able to train, having to do it all at home. There was a lot of... Like self-discipline, mm. I think I managed well. Getting like back into the pool was a bit of a struggle, but now that we've, like, now that we're back in, I'm like hitting my times. We're getting faster. It's like I'm. I feel like right now I'm back to where I was. Yeah, very nice. What did you get up to during lockdown, mate? Did Did you have a home gym? Do you got a backyard pool that you put a bungee onto a tree? How did you stay active? Well, for me, because I live on the northern beaches of New South Wales. So for, for me, it was like surfing twice a day for three, four hours. Tough life, mate. And we had a lot of swell during COVID, luckily. So mm. I wasn't going completely insane. 
I also had a bungee in the pool, but I just felt like it, I, I just I like training on my squad. Yep. My coach Nick Dobson is a big help. He's always constantly reminding me. He's always pushing me. So training by myself, not moving, it was a bit of a struggle. But I did stay fit through surfing. I did a few runs, but I'm a swimmer, not a runner. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've had any swimmer on the podcast, mate, that um, was enjoying the running that they had to do, especially when it first started. Yeah. I had Bronte on the other day and actually her podcast comes out today and um, she said, yeah, everyone thought they had to run. She said, but I didn't. I just got on a bike and away I went. I just did my cycling. So, uh, yeah, runners, um, swimmers, sorry, do not like running. That's Yeah, it's sure. two different worlds, I reckon. I, like, I thought I was going to be all right because... I was still pretty fit when COVID happened and started running and I just couldn't do it. 100%. Now, back in the pool, you said there, and you're starting to feel good now, but what about that first week, mate? Was it was, was better than you thought it was going to be or did you struggle for a few days? Uh, look, I think it was... I think I was ready for like a bit of a... I, I, was, I, like, I was aware that I was going to be not as fast and still pretty unfit and I knew I had no feel for the water really. But... Seeing as how it went, I still feel like I was, I was going all right. Like I, I, that's what I think. I, that's why I think I'm going so well now, mm. is because I had such a great start getting back into it. Obviously, and my coach, as I said, Nick Dobson, he's coming to Knox was like a massive change. Like he, I actually started working technique for the first time ever. Mm. So that first week was just a lot of like body state, like body position, just getting back into where we were going into like nationals, which unfortunately got canceled. Mm. How'd you go with that, mate, when it got canceled? Like, how were you, how were you feeling towards that? It was a bit disappointing, you know, like last year's nationals was really disappointing. I sort of choked at big time. I mm. went in thinking more about the results and the outcome rather than giving my best. And, and the process. Like, yeah. And I went from being second in Australia and uh, second in like for the seven, like 16 Australian for the hundred freestyle to being seventh and just finaling like this nationals was going to be a chance for me to get my name back out there again. And unfortunately it didn't go, like, unfortunately it didn't happen, but you know, I like everyone's in the same boat. I got hundred percent mate. You know, all the, all the people we have on uh, the podcast, and even in terms of legends like Michael Klim and all these guys, you know, there's lessons that they learn along the way. Um, you mentioned there, you know, how last year went for you. What did you and your coach identify there as the keys to, to moving forward and then overcoming those sort of things? Well, it was more like in previously me racing, it was always just, I'd always been told to just max it from the get go. Just make sure you're putting everything in no matter what, like, and that was how I always approached every race. And I was always thinking, in the past, I was never told, like, oh, like they're all, the, the goal was the time. Mm. Like, I never had a goal of um, get the perfect, like, process, like, execute a race perfectly. With Nick, I have been, like, we've actually had race plans for the first time ever. And, yeah, I feel like that was a big part of it. Like, him working technically with me, setting up race plans, it was, it was a big step. Because I like I live on the northern beaches. Knox is about a forty-minute drive, but it was very. Like, I I did a trial there for two or three sessions, and I knew this is where I wanted to go because it was something I'd never experienced before. It was really professional, and that's why. And it shows right now. Knox is the best squad in the in New South Wales. 
So yeah, 100% mate. Now one of your teammates, Joseph Hampson uh, was on the podcast um, probably maybe a month or so ago, two months ago. And, and I don't want to cause trouble here, mate, but uh, when, when I asked him who he didn't want to get stuck in isolation with, uh, he, he mentioned you. Now, would you like to return serve there? I do recall because I listened to that one. And he messaged me instantly afterwards telling me. <laughs> like, Bit worried, was he? Yeah, I think so. But <laughs> look, Joe's like a brother to me. I love Joe. I, I don't know. I like, I'd love to be stuck in isolation of Joe. <laughs> oh, mate, that's very nice. You've taken the uh, the grown up mature approach there to it, and I uh, I applaud you for it. I can't say the same for Joseph. Obviously, yeah. threw you under the bus, but mate, yeah, Joe's still of, a big baby. <laughs> in terms of yourself, mate, I, I applaud you. Now, for everyone who doesn't know, your dad Simon, uh, who is now a world famous photographer, but um, was an Olympian in 1988 in Seoul. I think he went for the 100 back and the 200 back. Yes. How much of an inspiration has Dad been to your swimming? Well, Dad was the whole reason I got into swimming. Like He never pushed me into racing competitively, but obviously living on the beaches, learning to swim is a big thing. So it started there, just doing little learn to swim, just learning how to be able to swim in the ocean and not being able to, like, to be able to... Like, so my dad could trust me in the ocean. Um... And then I started like getting like asked if I want to race, and I loved it. I've always been competitive from the very beginning. Mm. So I slowly like Dad's old squad, Carlisle, was where I started, and I started in the Dolphin squad, which was like seven to eight year olds, and I just built up like building building up the squads until I got to the more competitive side, which was bronze, silver, and gold. Now slowly built up from there. Made a lot of really good friends on the way that are still my best friends to this day. And yeah, like dad, dad like this never would have happened if it wasn't for dad because swimming never really seemed. I, I got into swimming because of him. And he Did you ever pull out any of the old videos, mate, to have a look through? Did you get out the, the Olympic swim? I think we're 59-0 in the 100, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, he did. I've seen the Olympic swim. There's a, I, look, my, um, my, gran, my grandpa has a lot of videos of dad back in the day when he was racing. He was actually against, I can't even, I can't remember what the champion was, but he was racing the 400 freestyle champion at the AIS. And he stuck with him to about 300 metres and then just completely died. <laughs> But it's good. It's it's crazy to see him race. Yeah. Because it was. I don't know. It's I, I can't imagine it because I see him swim now. I couldn't. I couldn't even believe that he'd go to the Olympics. But. But no, it's definitely an inspiration. Like he always told me that I don't have to do it. It's up to me, and I've been grateful for that. What about uh, in terms of you mentioned there? You see him in the pool now. Was there a point in time where you two would go at it in the pool? And I use my own dad as an uh, an example. We'd play cricket out the back for ages until I started getting him out a lot, and then he stopped playing cricket with me out the back. Do, do you have a similar moment? Well, um, Christmas, Christmas for the past about five years, my uncle and my dad have always been talking smack, saying they could always beat me because my uncle also was a like he swam. On the world champion, I think it was the world champion relay, like four by one with Fadla, Klim, and I don't know who else it was, but it was like he like went forty nine back in the day, which was a big thing. And he only like he's in his thirties now, and he still went twenty three for a dive fifty, so he has it. But we race every Christmas, mm. and I floor them every Christmas. <laughs> 
what a feeling. Yeah. Put your poor daddy must. Uh, does he end up going? Oh, mate, I gave it to you. I'll let you get that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, like he he would talk all this smack beforehand, and then I'll beat him, and he'd say, "Oh, good, congrats, mate. You beat a fifty-year-old man." <laughs> what a comeback! You can't take it away from me, but. <laughs> Mate, of course, your dad uh, is is a hero of yours. But is there anyone else in terms of swimming that you looked up to and and inspired you as you you know coming through? Well, I I used to train with Nick Jennings and Leon McAllister, and when I was about thirteen, they were the top dogs, and I was in bronze or silver at the time, and I was watching them train, and it was it was the craziest thing in the world, and I just wanted to be at that level. Mm. And as I was training, I slowly developed and got into the gold squad. And it was like a dream come true training with these two boys that have just been like idols my entire life in the swimming world. And then it was my goal to just try and stick stick it to them and stick with them in training. I feel like that's a big reason I went as well as I've been going lately and back in the past was because I always had those like older boys. Like, I don't know if you know, I'm like Luke Bibby, like, those were always the older boys there and I was just trying to push with them and stick with them. I was the youngest in the squad with Charlie Brown and we were just trying to beat all these the older people in our squad. What about um, any other sports, mate? Have you got amongst any other sports outside of swimming? Yeah, well, I've done a bit of everything. I used to play um, rugby union. I used to play rugby union. I signed with like the tractors. I had a contract till I was 18. But then I um, snapped my ACL. Oof. Snap my ACL playing footy. So nah, how'd that go down with the boss? How'd that go down with the coach? It was going right. It was going right into state, so I couldn't swim state, and it was a bit disappointing because I was training really hard, getting ready for it, and I don't know it happened. But I, it was at the point where I was going to have to make a decision anyway between rugby and swimming. And at that point in time, to be a hundred percent honest, I was probably leaning a bit more towards rugby. Mm. Because I had a lot more lined up, and I was, like, I was at a le- I was a higher level in rugby than I was at swimming at that point in time. But then I just did my rehab, decided that look, I'm not going to play rugby anymore because it's not worth it. Like to, to be like, to have a career in rugby is pretty hard, and I I love swimming, so I thought like let's give this a proper crack and try and do something with it. Mate, what a uh, excellent choice. Now, what do you enjoy most about swimming? Is it training with your mates? Is it competing, getting up there on the blocks and, and you know, thrashing it out with the, with the other boys? Is it being a part of the team in, there at Knox? What do you enjoy most? Well, I, like, there's a few parts to it. Like, obviously, the training. I have the best squad in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like, honestly, the boys that I train with, the, like, they're, my, they're my brothers. Like, honestly, I get along great with all of them. They're such great blokes. Um, training is like, I struggle, like right now I struggle with racing a bit. I'm still trying to figure out mindset and stuff before a race. I'm trying to figure everything out, but I love racing. I love the whole competitive side to it, going head to head with the best your age in Australia and open. It's, it's crazy. I love that a lot. But to be honest, I think training is my, my like training with like Joe and Josh Collette. Those are the like, so you, like it's like the tables have turned a bit because I'm the older boy and now they're trying to catch up to me. So I'm trying to just I'm trying to hold on with them, but they're like I don't know. It's really good. It's a really competitive squad and we're all like getting around each other, really supportive, and we all push each other. And I honestly, it's the greatest thing. 
like, a lot of people wake up and a lot of people wake up in the morning like don't want to go to training, but I wake up in the morning just ready to go and keen because I know it's going to be a whole. There's going to be a whole thing around the training. It's just going to be crazy. It's like every session we go to, it's everyone puts in a hundred percent. Yeah, seems like an awesome team culture, mate. Uh, a lot of swimmers have big meets or qualifying times that they're trying to achieve, and um, you know they struggle at times with certain things. What about for yourself? And we mentioned there, you know, some of those nerves around competing and getting yourself in the right headspace. What are some things that you've had to try and overcome? It might be, you know, a big race program. I know you've got the 50, the 100, the 200, sometimes, you know, uh, heats and finals of those coupled with maybe a few other um, events, you know, leads up to a pretty big week or maybe it is the nerves. What have you had to try and overcome? I think a big thing, like, I've always been really time-driven and outcome-driven. Like, I've always been just trying to, like, I was, like, a couple of, like, until up about now, really, I've always raced thinking about times and what I want to do and what I want to qualify for. And the whole thing was I only had, like, my main focuses were obviously the 50, 100, 200 freestyle. Right now, it's, we're switching it up. I'm, having, I'm, tra- I'm training for other strokes. I'm, sw- I, I'm doing a lot of different stuff. So the focus isn't on freestyle, and that's trying to take some nerves away from it. Mm. Like going into nationals last year, the whole thing was like, I thought I could potentially have a chance at the junior team, but I went in thinking about it and then just completely stuffed it up. Like went really slow. I went way faster at our state titles and it was just really disappointing. And that was like the first disappointing meet I'd had with Nick. And he was really supportive going into it. He's like, look, you've been with us for seven months. Like, you got to give it a second to kick in. And this was gonna like, yeah, like I think a big part, like the big thing that I struggle with and that I've had to overcome has been being time driven and actually using my brain in the pool. So being time driven, you, you know, you mentioned it there. Does that, do you think, you know, force you to be a little bit more aggressive on the way out? So say in the hundred, maybe that first 25, 30 meters, you're sort of forcing it a little bit more than you probably should be. Yeah, definitely. The main issue in my 100 is actually that that first 25 I overrate. So the whole, like what we've been working on in training is just easy speed, just stroke count work, DPS, like just making sure that I'm doing, like I'll hit like 25 seconds of 27 strokes, just trying to make sure it's, like, I can go fast with minimal strokes. Mm. And I obviously, like I think Dubbo's, like, Dubbo the past couple of meets have probably been a bit frustrated with me because we've been working so hard on it that, I'm still going out just maxing the or grading and beginning. But I guess at my old squad, the whole thing was just max it from the get go. So I just had a lot of bad habits built, but I don't know. it's time to change. No, that's what I'm working on. Absolutely, mate. I think the first thing is that you guys have a plan anyway. So you've identified what the issues are and you're, you're looking at how you're going to try and move forward with that. So that's perfect. If you, if you don't really know where you're going wrong, then you can't go anywhere. It's kind of like the Broncos at the moment. Sorry to the Broncos fans. Um, <laughs> what are some of the, uh, the keys that you and your coach talk about before a race? So I mentioned to a fair few um, athletes on here and they mentioned that sometimes the coaches just keep it really short and sharp, just a few points to try and, um, you know, think about, because if you think about too much, then you overcomplicate things, which is another issue. What do you and, uh, and Dobbo talk about before your race? Well, we have this whole thing, like, like I'll go to him before my races and we'll just go over the race plan, go over what we're going to do. But 
since CAS this year, we've had this something that I'll like get on the blocks and I'll look at him and I'll point, I'll hold three fingers up to the three main points that I want to remember mm-hmm. for each, like for the freestyle races. And it's like body position, constant leg kick and fast breaths. Like we are like, we'll talk about it beforehand and I'll point, I'll hold the three fingers up to show them that I'm thinking about it. And then it sort of takes my mind off what I'm like, the, what's going to happen. And it's just focusing on what I'm doing and like what I'm going to do. Like with my like with my actual swimming rather than times. Yeah, I think that's perfect, mate. Now, in terms of before you race, do you have a pre-race playlist? I know I've seen you and the boys in marshalling, and you, you know, very um, um, jovial, and there's a lot of uh, chat going around and the banter. But do you get time to sort of hone in on your own self and get listen to a bit of music and focus? Yeah. So look, if I do listen to music, because when I listen to music, it's more going like into a final where I just want to sort of keep to myself. But going into a heat, like, oh, well, like, when I, like, well, the music I listen to is like just house, like house music. Mm-hmm. Just, like, so I don't know, because I like sort of like EDM and techno sort of stuff. Yep, yep. So yeah, I listen to some chill EDM. I don't like listening to anything. Like I used to listen to a lot of stuff that was like full on like rap and it was just it was getting me too worked up before my races and I was wasting energy. And yeah. just, so now I just like to listen to something chill so I can just get into my own little zone and mellow out and just get ready. Speaking of pre-race, mate, um, do you have a favourite feed that you like to have a night before a big race? It's either spag bowl or steak. It's going to be steak. It's got to be steak. I love a steak. And can you make these yourself though or is this always uh, oh, done for you? I cook for myself the majority of the time. That's very it's impressive. a it's a nice treat when mum decides to cook for me. That um that's very impressive, mate. All, all I can cook is probably uh, sausage rolls in the microwave. But I am getting better on the barbecue. I got a barbecue recently, and I do love getting out there once love a the week. Barbecue. We're constantly on the barbecue. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's just nice to get out, get away from everything. I have a drink out there and uh, just uh, take some time to myself. I think it's more therapeutic than anything else. Yeah, mate, yeah. That barbecue. Sometimes like going into like state, we um, me and dad went to ribs and rumps. Yeah. So it's, I didn't have to cook there. Like it's, I don't know, it is, it's right. It's like, we can just talk and relax and have the meal brought out to us. It's just chill. Mm. Mate, talk to me about um, Dobbo. Um, and, and obviously we've mentioned him a few times now, but what do you think the main things he's helped you in so far? I think he's learned, uh, he's helped me learn like who I am and what, like I, I was struggling a lot with like how I was, like how I reacted and he's been really helpful. Like honestly, I'm so, like, I have so much respect for Dobbo. Like, I, like me going to Florida as well. It's like, I want to constantly keep in contact with Dobbo. Like he's helped me learn so much about swimming. He's made me the swimmer I am today. He's like, he's actually making me use my brain for the first time ever. So it's honestly, if I had to count all the things that Dobbo has done, helped me with, made me understand it, it'd be an endless list because he's honestly helped me with everything in all aspects of life as well. Not just in the pool, in school, like outside of school with friends. He's, he's been like a real mentor to me. So anything we don't know about Dobbo? Uh, I think, um, Joseph said he was a Grom or something, which I have no idea what that means. So I just laughed and went along with it because I didn't want to embarrass myself. But do you, do you, is there anything we wouldn't know about him that you guys only get to sort of see? Oh, 
I don't know. I don't, well, because we're all real close of Dobbo. I don't really ever see him having banter with everyone else, but he always loves a bit of banter with the boys. Mate, what about, um, you know, last year, another big meet for you was state teams. Um, before I get to the racing side of things, for anyone who hasn't been to state teams, how much fun is it with the atmosphere and, and the chants and, and all that banter going on? Yeah, it's pretty crazy, honestly. State teams is an awesome meet. It's real team atmosphere. It's it's really different. Like you're swimming for the team, you're not just swimming for yourself at state teams. So it was really cool. Like I really enjoy I really enjoy it. And it was a great meet, honestly. Like we didn't really go like we didn't taper at all. We went during hard training and I was just happy to be there to be honest. Man, am I right in saying that Queensland didn't really bring the enthusiasm when it came to the to the war cries? Oh, exactly. Yeah. I was running Run a majority of the war cries. We ended up getting all the states on Queensland. So that was pretty fun, but I don't know. It was good. I don't, like, I've got a lot of friends from other states, so we worked together to sort of crush Queensland. <laughs> all in good fun, mate. All yeah, in good fun. No, now, in, in the pool, you had a fair meet. Uh, did well again, the 50 and the 100 and, and the 200. In the relays, you got a silver in the 4x2 and a gold in the 4x1. Now, how good... With those relays uh, going against your other states with your teammates from New South Wales? Yeah, look, like the four by two, I feel like, because obviously I wasn't tapered, we were pretty exhausted. And my 200 in the actual meet was pretty rough. Like the 200 was just a struggle. Like I was, my shoulders were just cooking. But that four by one was early on in the meet. And that was like, because we, we had a couple of the boys, we had the relay boys that were actually going to be in the relay training at Knox prior to state teams. Yeah. And the big goal was that four by one. So we got there and we just knew we were ready. And I, I think I ended up splitting like a 49 the last 100 and it was just crazy. And then you turn around, you smash the water, you look to your state and everyone's just so like, Oh, it's just awesome! It's crazy. It was an awesome race, honestly. It was the Queen, and it was like it was close as well. The Queensland boys—they had an awesome team as well. But it was just we got them on the day. Matt, how pumped are you for for the next step in your swimming career? And you alluded to it just um, before, but uh, last year you announced that you, you've committed to Florida uh, State University for 2021, which is very exciting. And congratulations! I know we've had. Um, Charlie on on the show and and she's uh, headed over to Arizona. Um, yeah, big step for you though. So congratulations, and, and I'm sure you're looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Look, it's it's a, it's a whole experience. Like it's, like it's going to be something that I have for the rest of my life. Four years over in America, swimming with the best in the world. It's gonna, I, that's the whole thing. Like right now, like the only I, I'm lucky right now because I'm with Dobbo, and that's the only place I'd want to be. Other than Dobbo and New South Wales, I can't, I, I can't think of much. Like a lot of swimmers end up going to Queensland because they got all the best coaches in Australia. I got some of the best coaches in Australia, and they got all the best athletes in Australia. And to me, Queensland didn't really seem like an option. And I, I've been to America a few times in the past, and then like accidentally, one of the coaches from Florida saw me swim. Mm. And we just kept in contact for years. And then I went over for an official visit and they just straight up told me that they wanted me to go. And yeah, Florida is like, it's going to be a crazy experience. It's going to be four years training with the best, actually getting a degree for life after swimming. And it's going to be that four years that a lot of people don't have. 
like they're all going to be staying in Australia doing the same old, same old, where I'm going to be over in America loving life. You mentioned there you've got to study for four years. What are you, what are you going to get amongst over there? I was looking at sport marketing or criminology. Two very different topics. Yeah, there. They are. I was just like, I was, I'm interested in both and I just need, I don't even know yet. I've got a lot of time to figure it out, but I just want to make sure I'm doing the right thing as well, because obviously a job, like it's going to be towards a job and I want to do something that I love. So I just need to make sure I make the right decision. Mate, you've got plenty of time. I, I wouldn't be um, stressing too much. Plenty of time. Now, mate, obviously you're killing it at the moment in terms of, um, you know, getting that opportunity and, and your results in the pool. Um, but along with these sort of things come certain expectations that we put on either yourself or other people put onto you. How easy is that for you to deal with and, and how do you navigate around that? It's actually been pretty hard. Like I've... <laughs> I've been trying really hard and it's like you see all the, like I've been training crazy hard and then it gets to the point where I get to the race and obviously I just don't know, like I have all these expectations on myself because of my training and I look at everyone else and I want to be doing what they're doing. Mm. And I think right now, and this year it's been the first year that we've, I've sort of figured it out that I don't need to care. And it's like at CIS was the first time and I just actually went well without even caring or well, not caring, but like not stressing too much. Yeah, I put a lot of expectations on myself. I remember going into Sydney Nationals, like I was really stressed out because it was, I was ranked second and I just wanted to make sure I held on to that mm. spot. And Michelle, my coach at the time, she, um, she came up to me and was like, you have so much expectation on yourself, just breathe, relax, whatever happens, happens. You Just make sure you do your best. And yeah, like expectation, I put a lot of expectations on myself. I have really high expectations as well. But I guess for me, it's like you shoot for the stars. I'm still going to hit the moon. Like I'm just, I, I want to make sure that my goals are a little like excessive, so that I can get as close to them as I can, which is still going to be good no matter what. Absolutely, mate. I couldn't agree more. I think um, that's very important to still set the goals. Yeah, they've got to be realistic. But at the same time, you know, if you don't, as you said, if you don't shoot for a, a far away goal, then you're not really going to get far off the ground, are you? So I uh, couldn't agree more. Now, stepping away from the pool, mate, what do you get up to? When you're not going up and down the, the black line, what do you get up to? Well, I lo- as I said, I love surfing. I surf when, like, the thing is, though, I love surfing big waves. I don't like surfing when it's only like two or three foot. And unfortunately, we don't always get swell. So other than that, I just socialize. I got a lot of friends that I've made over the past couple of years. So I just hang out with them. We watch movies. We go play basketball. We do all sorts of stuff, really. Well, mate, you don't have long till you get your license. So then it'll be, that'll be it. You'll be yeah, out and about. Exactly. Driving up to the North Shore every weekend. Mate, swimming and uh, and school, that, that balance, has that been hard for you to find? I know at Knox um, you get a little bit of help. I know Joseph mentioned um, and, and Charlie's mentioned too with certain schools, you know, they, they do help you a little bit. But how have you found that balance? Well, because I, I only moved to Knox in year 11. I was at St. Augustine's College before that. And handling swimming in school there was a lot easier than it is now. Because the whole thing was at St. Augustine's, it's like the schoolwork was all really optional. Like it wasn't a big deal if you like you would you'd get away with it if you didn't do it. Yeah. I mean in an ox you don't get away with much. <laughs> but um look, it, no 
100%. Knox definitely have helped me a lot. Make like my t- like planning time and like what I'm doing and just making sure that I'm on top of everything. They've been like great. My um academic advisor, Mr. Weeding, he's like the head of academics at the school as well. I've had meetings with him like once every two weeks and we just plan I'll like plan the next two weeks and just making sure that I know what I'm doing and I'm actually getting the right amount of schoolwork done. And that's what I mean. Like Mr. Weeding has also been a great help to me. He's like when I found out I was going to Florida, I heard that like because I sat my SATs and it was basically all confirmed. So I was thinking I could. I honestly went to school thinking I could just slack off a bit and just yeah. float through. And then he brought it. Like he reminded me that I'm not doing this for anyone else other than myself. And he he's pushed me a lot to study, and it's been really helpful. Like honestly, like without him, my marks wouldn't be where they are as well. So. I've got a lot of I've got a real I've got a lot of really good people around Knox. They're all doing their best to help me and it's I'm really appreciative of it. Would you say though, mate, for, for all the younger listeners out there listening around your age or even a little bit younger, that, that planning is probably the key to, to keeping it all um, you know, under wraps and keeping it all together in terms of 100%. your week or your your two weeks and knowing when you're gonna train, but also factoring in your homework and your assessments and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Having that plan between like when you're training and when you're doing study is necessary because you need to be doing both. You can't put all your eggs into one basket and making sure you know what time you, like, even if you're just planning like an hour and a half of study after training or if that just an hour or 45 minutes, just getting some work done, it just makes all the difference in being prepared and knowing what you're doing in class and then like just knowing like what your plans are for the week. Mate, I like to finish all of our chats with some less serious questions and I think it gives us a little insight into you a little bit more away from the pool. So I'll just uh, throw it quickly out there and whatever first comes to your head, you just throw the answer out there, right? All right. You're ready to rumble. All right. So favourite music? We've already sort of touched on this, but go again. EDM. What about favourite movie? I think it would have to be Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah. Not really like... I don't know. Like, I don't know. I like it. It's a good movie. I like it too. It's not most PG movie you could have yeah. thought about. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, def- not, but- I can definitely see how it's uh, it's appealing to you. Uh, what about favorite meal? Ooh, um, mom makes this killer, like like slow cooked pork. Mm. That's just beautiful. Very, very nice. Tell you what, every time people mention food on this uh, show, I always, mmm, and I start feeling hungry. People are just going to think I have an eating disorder, not the one where I'm not eating. It's just I'm too much eating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about yeah. favorite shows, favorite TV shows to binge watch? Oh, God, there's so many. Honestly, Stranger Things, Suits. I've been watching Arrow. I love them all, honestly. There's so much good stuff on Netflix right now. I'm just going through it, especially during COVID. I had so much spare time. Yeah. What about games? Are you a gamer? Ooh, yeah. I don't mind a game. Now, keeping in mind, keeping in mind when you say you're talking to the audience here, because I have no idea. I have an Xbox and I just play DVDs on it. So I'm hopeless in terms of games, but I'm sure the listeners out there will know exactly what you're talking about. So favorite games to play? Well, I play COD and I've nearly got like Damascus camos and all my guns, which is like the highest camo you can get. So I kind of, kind of pop off at COD. Yeah. Play a bit of um, 2K. Okay. So that's not too bad. I, I, I only play when I have a bit of spare time, but 
honestly. I'm not on it that much. When you are on it and you've got the headset on, do you get amongst the banter? I know the other day, um, my brother's on it all the time and he gets, um, he, he just gets ripped apart by these 11 year olds on there. Yeah. And it's so funny to watch him because he genuinely gets the shits back at them. I'm like, listen, they're 11. Just yeah. calm down. Yeah, exactly. Look, um, I play with, like, obviously because I play with my friends when I do get on and we have this whole, we have this whole rule that like whatever we say on the party chat can't be held against you. Like, <laughs> So me and my me and my friend Ben Shen, it's like we're best friends outside of the pool, but in gang we're like enemies. <laughs> and we're just constantly like bad mouthing each other. It's just uh, it's good fun. Mate, you mentioned before uh the quote of uh, you know, shoot for the stars and, and you'll at least get to the moon. What about some of you have you have you got any more favorite quotes? Oh yeah, I will a lot a lot of the quotes I get are from my dad. Some when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Mm-hmm. And there was an, oh, there's another one that I know that he usually says, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But I don't know. Dad, Dad's full of all these quotes that he tries to instill upon me. Oh, mate, I do love a good quote. Um, sitting next to me on my board here is um, never forget why you started. So that's always to remind me why I started the podcast because I started to help swimming in Australia and get you guys on. And you can get caught up sometimes in... Um, you know, chasing the big stars and I've had Michael Clem and then all of a sudden you start chasing, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I think, uh, uh, why, why did I start this? And then I come back to being grounded and, um, and, and doing what I, I love to do. Yeah, for sure. Mate, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much for coming on for a chat. It's been uh, awesome to have you on and, and be a part of the show and good luck over the next, you know, six to nine months and training and getting towards your last nationals. Is this prep coming 2021? Is that your last nationals? Yeah, I believe. Oh, well, National actually, age. Not. I'm because I'm leaving in January for Florida. So oh. I might not be there, but the plan is to train there for about five months and then come back to Olympic trials and see what okay. I can do. Oh, very so, nice. Yeah. That's exciting. That's very exciting. Well, mate, yeah, congratulations with that and good luck with all of that. And I definitely want to stay in touch with you and I want to have a chat with you while you're over there, definitely, you and Charlie, and catch up with you guys and see what you're up to. And hopefully... I'm 100% down. Sounds good. Mostly just checking to make sure he's staying out of trouble, mate, and not getting into the parties too much and turning up to training on Monday morning. Try my best. (laughs) Mate, until then, though, thank you very much for coming on Off The Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you, as always, by our good friends at Pro Swim Workouts. Massive week it has been here on the show, and I want to thank all our amazing guests for coming on and being a part of the podcast. And I'm also very excited to say that next week is all about the strong females in our sport, either in the pool or with a stopwatch in their hand. We are going to celebrate International Women's Health Week here on the show. Monday to Friday, so many strong and brilliant women coming on for a chat. You will not want to miss it. And we're now just one week away from the 20th anniversary of the 2000 Sydney Olympic Games. And we here on the podcast are celebrating in a huge way. We have some massive guests coming on for a chat. But I'm going to keep those names under my hat just for now. Until next week, guys, make sure you check us out on YouTube. Tell your friends to get around the podcast and help us to keep growing so many, many more people can hear these amazing stories from the athletes we have on the show Enjoy your weekend. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. I hope you very much get spoiled and looked after. At least breakfast in beds, kids. Come on, help us out. 
and it's bye for now. I just want to